Welcome, everyone, to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. On this edition of our show, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Linda Livingstone. She's the president of Baylor University, the chair of the Board of Governors. And back in November of 2021, she was on this show as a member of the NCAA Constitution Committee. So a lot of topics to get to with Dr. Linda Livingstone. Linda, let's talk about your new job as well as seeking uh, a new NCAA president. Turnkey is obviously the uh, search firm arm of this, uh, an exhaustive uh, you know, review of what that person should be or what their duties will be and all that we'll get into in a moment. But first, Board of Governors. Um, why did you want to join it in terms of uh, that role? Well, Andy, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here to talk about some of the important work that we're doing at the Board of Governors and then certainly the search, as you mentioned. Well, you know, I was already on the board uh, prior to the creation of the new constitution. And so then I also served on the constitution committee. So I feel kind of all bought into trying to uh, implement the new constitution and really working on what the NCA is going to look like in the future. And so continuing my role on the Board of Governors. And then certainly when I was asked to chair it, felt like that would be a good opportunity to continue to have an impact and, and really try to do everything we can to, to create the right environment for collegiate athletics as we look into the future. So I, I really believe that you've got a bit of a unique prism to sort of look through uh, mm -hmm. as a former student athlete. Um, not a ton of university presidents share that similar background. You played basketball at Oklahoma State. Uh, how do you think that past life can help you during this uh, transformative period of the NCAA that uh, we're all going through? Well, I certainly think it uh, informs uh, my experience in different ways. I also have a daughter that was a volleyball player at Rice, and she's now coaching volleyball at the Division I level. So I also have sort of that experience that is probably more current than my own playing experience was. But I do think it helps you understand what our student-athletes go through. It gives you some kind of empathy for that, and obviously a big part of what we want to do is think about how we're supporting our student athletes, how we're creating not just an environment for them to perform well athletically, but for them to be successful academically, for them to have kind of healthy experiences, both in terms of their physical and mental well-being. So I think certainly having been a student athlete, having a child that was a student athlete uh, gives me a perspective that is unique in that regard. And then you know, as a president, you see it from a completely different perspective. So I've kind of seen college athletics from almost every perspective that you can. You really have. I mean, even at the Division One level, you know, Baylor working GW, Pepperdine. Um, how much do you think that also helps that you've been at different levels in different parts of the country within Division One, especially where now you're at, you know, in the college football universe there in the state of Texas and you weren't, uh, you know, in your previous stops? Yeah, well, it does give you a good perspective because Division One, and really even looking down uh, through to Divisions Two and Three, we have such a diversity of institutions that are uh, delivering education and then providing college, collegiate athletic experiences. That having been at some different kinds of institutions uh, helps you to have a broader perspective on kind of the differences of the needs and issues at different kinds of institutions. That somehow we have to figure out how to address 
in the broad umbrella that is the NCAA. And Division I itself is quite diverse. And then when you look at Divisions two and three, uh, we have even more diversity there. And, and, you know, that's one of the questions we get is can one organization kind of lead across that much diversity in college athletics? And I think we're trying to find a pathway that does that, that provides the appropriate level of governance at a national level, and then delegates down to the division and then potentially conference and school level, what is more appropriate going forward. It gives a little bit more autonomy uh, to different aspects of kind of the governance structure. So it's interesting, sort of chicken and egg here. You've got two things going on at the same time. You've got the search for Mark Emmert's replacement. At the mm -hmm. same time, uh, we've got all these changes going on. Uh, and, you know, not sure what's going to happen first uh, before even the January convention. So how do you manage searching for a new president with your role now, the chair of the Board of Governors, with important changes that potentially are going to occur on, you know, enforcement, transfers, NIL, all those things that are happening at the same time before we may even have a new president? Well, I think if you look at the position description that was made public uh, last week, that you can see that we're really looking for a leader that uh, can address ambiguity, that is forward thinking, that uh, is creative, can really help us think differently about who we are and what we're doing. So I think we recognize that we're not going to have all the answers by the time, uh, hopefully, we have a new president on board. And so we need somebody that is comfortable and has experience navigating really uncertain times, navigating in organizations that have uh, been in change situations and had to deal with that. And so needing someone to help continue to lead us through that, because I think even as we get through the work of the Division One Transformation Committee, as we get through the hiring of a new president, I think we're going to continue to have issues that we've got to deal with. So we need someone that can deal with that sort of constant change and that ongoing ambiguity that we're gonna see while bringing some stability and confidence in the NCAA and in the work that we're doing. And we know one of the things that we have to do in the new, as we uh, go out and find a new president is, is really instill trust in the NCAA and confidence that it can continue to lead effectively as we think about how college athletics is gonna look different in the future. You know. Pretty soon after the announcement that uh, this would be Mark Emmert's last year, um, you made it public that uh, you weren't going to be a candidate, that you were going to stay at Baylor. Uh, obviously, you are well-respected in this college space to the point where you were, you know, one of those names that people were throwing around. Why did you want to make sure you got out there in front and say, you know what, I like where I'm at. I don't need to put my name into that mix. Well, it was certainly, I was quite honored and humbled that there were folks that thought that, that, that this might be a role that I should consider, but I am so happy at Baylor. It's a fabulous place to be. We're getting so much accomplished, both academically and athletically, and I felt like my job here wasn't done and that I needed to continue to do my work here. But then I also said, feel like um, an important responsibility is to make sure that we find exactly the right person for the NCAA and that... Uh, having that role as chair of the board and now on the search committee is, is one of the most important things that I can do. And so I feel like that's a real responsibility that I have, and I can do that really well from continuing my service here at Baylor. You know, you mentioned about having a person uh, that, you know, can understand what is happening, can navigate all of this. Um, how critical is it? Because we've seen this at the commissioner level, certainly uh, mm -hmm. in the Big 12. 
uh, where they're not necessarily going outside the sports space, uh, you know, Big 12, Pac-12, but they're going outside the NCAA space. Mm -hmm. So where do you stand on whether or not that next president should be, you know, under which umbrella, uh, how critical would it be for that person uh, to have a fully grasp of of what's going on now and, and into the future? Now, I think it's it's an interesting question as we've seen uh, what's going on in college athletics change so dramatically. And we've done lots of listening to build that position description from uh, all across the NCAA landscape. We did uh, a lot of listening sessions, a turnkey ZRG did as well as a survey. And what was interesting from that is there was quite a bit of consistency in kind of some of the qualities that I mentioned earlier that we think we need in a new president. But there was also great openness to what type of organizational background they came from. And, and the, the key was finding the right person with the right skill set more than it was that they had to come from education or athletics or uh, government or whatever, and that we need to find the right person. Now, I do believe, and I think you see this in the position description as well, that we do need someone that has some level of understanding of higher education and intercollegiate athletics. Uh, It's a complicated world. It's a highly regulated world. It is one that, uh, and we've got a lot of work that needs to be done quickly. So you also want somebody that can step into a role. And certainly there's always a learning curve when you go into a complex position like this, but you don't want the learning curve to be so great that it takes a long time for them to get up to speed on some of these issues that were really dealing with that are going to be on the forefront of the work that they have to do as soon as they get started. So I think where they come from, uh, what industry background or organizational background may be less important than the skill set and the experience that they bring that can help us work on the issues that we're dealing with. Right. So obviously the assumption was, oh, we're just going to pick one of our own. We're going to get another university president, as has been the trend over the last couple of presidents. Uh, But clearly from what you're saying is better understand the university structure, not necessarily be someone who is a product of that, at least in the, in the recent past. Um, You know, the thing nationally right now, obviously, is there needs to be a better understanding of what this person can and cannot do. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have preached on the soapbox on this program many times that there is a lot of myth busting that needs to go on. This is not a commissioner of a professional sports league. People Mm -hmm. assume that if there are penalties to dole out, oh, here comes the NCAA president. If there's an issue to be decided upon, oh, here's the NCAA president to issue a proclamation. That is not the case. That hasn't been the case. What are the chances that could be changed a little bit to where there is more power for that person in that role? Well, we are a membership organization. So all the rules and policies and and practices really uh, are driven in large part by the membership. And even as as I mentioned earlier, there's you know talk about what should you do at the division level versus at uh, the institute at the national institutional level. And I think where this individual is going to have a great deal of responsibility and influence is uh, helping uh, provide leadership uh, in partnership with those that are working in the divisions to help ensure that they're working uh, collaboratively addressing their issues and living according to the the overarching principles that you see in the new constitution that we we believe should be important regardless of what division you're in. But then I think there's also 
a lot of external work this person has to do on behalf of the entire organization uh, to, to build the brand, to build reputation, um, you know, national media engagement. I mean, obviously the, the basketball media contracts are huge. Uh, we think there's more opportunity in that space for other sports. That, and so we're going to need somebody that can lead on that. And that really has to be done at the national level. We know that there's work that needs to be done from a legislative perspective, whether that's at the state or the federal level. So we need somebody that can provide leadership on that. So I think what we'll probably see is a bit of a shift in where the majority of this person's time is spent that's maybe focused more on some of these kind of external constituencies and external challenges that we've had uh, while relying on the divisions and, and frankly in partnership with the conferences to function on some more of the, the internal work. So I think there'll be a shift in responsibility, but I think it will still continue to be a significant role. It has a large influence on the future of college athletics uh, in the coming years. Linda, how critical is it that the pool of candidates is diverse? Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at our institutions, if you look at our students, if you look at our coaches and all the staff, unbelievably diverse. And so we are deeply committed to uh, working with turnkey ZRG to build a diverse pool of candidates for the president's position. Uh, we feel like that's going to be really important and that uh, from that diverse pool, we find just an outstanding person to lead going forward. But if you look at uh, the makeup of college athletes in this country, we need a staff at the NCAA office that is representative of that. And that's from the top down that that needs to happen. And how much do you want this person, as you said, a lot more front facing out there, certainly with whether it's national media, dealing with people like me, um, or just, you know, uh, all the other issues externally, federally, uh, state statewide. But how much also do you want that person to be someone who gets on the ground at times, meets with student athletes, yeah. and, you know, is at some events so that there's at least a bit more of a connection and it's not, you know, someone that's sort of in this glass office in Indianapolis or wherever, uh, and is sort of untouchable and unreachable to the student athlete, to the coach, the athletic director, the, to the commissioner? Well, I think really in any organization, it's really important if you're the leader to not just you know live in the big world that you're living in, in the external world, you've got to understand kind of the needs and opportunities on the ground level. And so, you know, as a university president, you need to spend time with your faculty, with your staff, with your students to truly understand what you need to do from a more strategic and visionary perspective. So I believe the same thing is true of this uh, individual that they really do need to be on the ground, uh, engaging with student athletes, engaging with athletic directors, coaches, presidents to understand what the real issues and needs are at the school and the competitive level so that that can filter up into, you know, what does our strategy and direction need to be going forward? What's the pain, what are the pain points for the people that are sort of on the ground that we as an institution at a national level can find ways to help alleviate and, and uh, continue to improve the experience that you know, our student athletes, our coaches, and frankly, the fans have as they uh, participate in college athletics. So, you know, it's an all-encompassing job. It's a complex job. And that's why it's going to take, uh, you know, a special person to, to step in and do this and do it well. And to put a bow on it, what's the timetable about actually interviewing and hiring? Yeah. Well, we've just posted, as you know, the position publicly. So now turnkey ZRG is in the process of 
beginning to reach out to individuals that have already been nominated through some of the data gathering we've done, but we're also encouraging people uh, to submit names of individuals they think we should be considering. And so then we have meetings set up this fall with the search committee to uh, begin to screen those candidates and narrow that pool down. I mean, ultimately, we would like to have someone named by early in the new year, certainly by the convention if possible, but uh, we are going to make sure that we manage the process to find the right person uh, while trying to do it as efficiently as possible, uh, but not let that drive us if we really feel like we need to extend it. But the goal would be by early in the in the new year and potentially by the convention in January. And last thing for you, um, circling back to your other job as the chair of the Board of Governors, um, by convention, where, where do you hope we're at uh, in terms of some of these transformational issues? Obviously, the you know, we're seeing with enforcement transfers, NIL, uh, where do you think we're going to be at least in January? Yeah, well, the I'm on the D1 Transformation Committee. Our goal is to be done with our work with recommendations by the end of the calendar year. Um, and we're really working diligently. We've already seen some work on transfers, on uh, some of the trying to streamline enforcement. There's more work being done there, certainly rules uh, modernization and some work done there, but there's more work to be done there to try to figure out what are the rules we really need and which ones do we need at a national level. So hopefully continuing to simplify that process. Now we're really working hard on, you know, what does it take to be a member of Division One, and are there other requirements we should put into place and what are the implications of that? We're working on a championship model and what uh, access to championships should look like and, and what how we should think about championships similarly or different going forward. We're looking at the decision-making processes within division one and how those might look uh, in the future. And then kind of the big kind of elephant in the room is what do we do about kind of benefits and support for student athletes, which is in some ways kind of the big national question and one that we've certainly uh, dealt with some legal and, and legislative issues over. So there's some big bucket issues left. We're making really good progress on those. Uh, I can't say enough about the quality of the people on the Division One Transformation Committee and Julie Cromer and Greg Sankey have done a great job leading that group. We also have a legislative task force that's really more at the national level that's working on in parallel with what the Transformation Committee is doing, what we might need to think about from a legislative perspective as we get further down the line, particularly on some of these questions around benefits. So there's a lot of work to be done by December. But we've got a good pathway to get there. And so the goal would be for most of that work to be done uh, by the end of this year, certainly early next year, uh, so that we can begin again implementation of a lot of these changes. All right. Clear your calendar. We're going to have to talk again, okay? Absolutely. Happy to, Andy. Really appreciate your time today. Dr. Linda Livingstone, the president of Baylor University, chair of the Board of Governors. Appreciate your time. I know you will be back on our show soon. And as always, you can go to ncaorg slash social series where all our social series are archived. Thanks for watching, everyone.